one of the biggest things we look for when we interview a candidate is sharing your narrative and sharing your story. We're really looking to understand not just your experience and skills, but really sort of, you know, your, your process and how you came to those decisions when you delivered your designs. We really want to understand, you know, not just the craft, but how you came to that informative decision on how that craft was delivered. You know, what was that process of working with different people across the team, rather it was product managers, engineers, research. We want to learn that process of getting from the initiation stage to the final stage. Hello and welcome to the Design Explorers, a podcast by the Agora Design Team. Agoda.com is a global digital travel platform where you can book hotels, vacation rentals, flights, and airport transfer. In this podcast, we will be sharing the awesome work of our design team, discuss interesting trends in relation to design and travel, and talk about product design in general. My name is Nahum Yamin and I will be your host for the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Design Explorers at Agoda Design. I'm your host Yuki Nishida and today we have not one but two guests from Design Leadership Team. Devin and Bree, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks Yuki. Uh, my name is Devin. I'm head of design here at Agoda. And I've been with Agoda for about uh, five and a half years in total. I'm actually a boomerang. I have worked here uh, as a visual designer when I started, went into UX and then grew into management and now managing the broader uh, design team. And uh, this is sort of my second stint. Thanks, Yuki. Um, yeah, my name is Bree. I've been with Agoda for six and a half years. I have a very similar pathway as Devin, except for I'm not a boomerang. So uh, I stayed here the whole time, but my experience, I was hired on as an IC and we were growing so fast at the time. We were hiring a lot of people. I think we hired 22 people in the first year. Um, so we grew this six to 22 in the first year, and it's, it was uh, a lot of growth and meant a lot of uh, growth for us as well. One of the things that really fascinated me and is different from my background is that both of you are foreigners. What was your experience like first coming to Thailand and having to relocate here? Yeah, I mean, I had no idea what to expect when I was coming to Thailand. I'm, I have a very different background than Devin. I didn't live all over. I've only lived in Seattle, Washington, my whole entire life before this. So my experience is very uh, limited when it came to, um, you know, exposure to other kind of cultures and, and you know, uh, work environments, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So when I first came here to Thailand, I didn't know what to expect. But I felt like if I, even when I came here to interview, you experience all these new things, but you can't really picture yourself living here because you, it's so different of an experience from Seattle, like, you know, it's, right. <laughs> you know, like it's Seattle, you know, it like the back of your hand and then you come here and it's just a whole new world. But what I knew is that if I didn't, if I didn't take the opportunity to experience it, I know I would have regretted it. And it would always be back in my mind thinking, oh, what if I would have taken that job in Thailand? What it would have been like? What kind of experience could have had? And I'm so glad I did because my first experience coming here, was like, sensory overload i'd never been mm. to southeast asia before you'd walk down the street and you'd be like oh that smells so good i have to have it i don't know what it is but i have to have it <laughs> and then two seconds later you're like oh my god that smells so bad i'm gonna throw up <laughs> like it's just the city of contrast and i think that was really um i i really loved it i thought that it was just a, a great first experience and moving here you see so many new things it was just awesome 
Yeah, I would say uh, when I left the States, uh, I was living in, in Texas and living in Austin and uh, I lived in the suburbs and my, my son was just born and, uh, you know, I settled into my, my home and bought a car and did the whole family thing. So for me, moving to Thailand was uh, a huge question mark. You know, I wasn't sure if it was going to be the right fit for my family, if it was going to be the right fit for my son growing up there and getting a good education uh, and sort of moving from the suburbs and having a home. And coming into a very busy metropolitan city uh, was a huge risk and uh, a huge opportunity too. At the same time, uh, but when I flew out here for the interview process, you know, I interviewed for a couple of days and then I had five days to really explore the city. And I was really impressed with you know seeing how great the infrastructure was, how great schooling was, you know, how great housing was here, and really it was you know an environment where you can get all the first world services for an amazing price, but also a great experience and, and great diversity as well. Hey, Yuki from Post Production here. We've glossed over a few points that we'd want to clarify about relocation. So after the recording, Devin actually shared further comments that I thought might be helpful to share with you listeners as well, which is about the uncertainty of relocating to Bangkok. I didn't know about this prior to the recording, but Agora employs over 2,000 expats across 60 to 70 nationalities, and what this means is that our recruiting staff. Are very well equipped in making sure the relocation is right for all our candidates and their families. At the same time, we do want to make sure candidates that considers moving here is comfortable, since that directly impacts productivity and morale. And so, in many ways, it's in all parties' interest to make sure that all candidates are confident with the idea of moving to Bangkok. So, if you're ever interested or wondering about what it's like to move to Thailand, please do inquire with your recruiter. And interviewers, or anyone from the design team for that matter, and we would be more than happy to help answer any questions that you might have. With that, let's continue with the podcast about growth and career progression. So, one of the things that I have actually learned while talking to interviewers and recruiters is that a lot of the candidates look for growth and and whether they can have that at Agoda. What are some ways that Agoda ensures that all the candidates and and people that enter the team have the right career progression? As far as career development within Agoda, uh, we do have leveling documentation that we refer back to, and we offer um, growth. With six different roles on the IC pathway or the uh, individual contributor pathway, and <clears throat> four on the management pathway at this time, so we allow for a lot of, of a lot of opportunity. If you want to go back into, um, you know, the management path, or if you want to go to like the IC pathway, uh, we have that already documented and clear clear ways to move from one level to another. Um, a lot of it, though, really is about the individual driving their own career. So it's not like, oh, we have this checklist, and that means that you get to the next step. It's really about what is your checklist that you've defined as an individual that you want to grow in, because we're all unique individuals. We all have things that we suck at. We all have things that we're really excelling at. And so, what does that checklist look like for us individually to get into that next level? And then, how can we be set up for success working with our managers to? Then give us the right challenges to prove that we can get into that role. So one of the things when Devin was still my manager uh, and we were going through like what I could do to improve myself, uh, I was actually told that I don't have to excel at every single 
points, right? The people have different things and different strengths and weaknesses that they can always be working on. It's not like a checklist that we all have to tick. There are some things that you can always work on, even if you do get promoted. Just because I have this one thing that I'm really bad at doesn't mean it's going to prevent me from moving on to the next level. Also, it's okay to fail. Like mm. I fail all the time. <laughs> I think failure is is a great learning experience. We all do it. We're all going to make mistakes in our role and it's okay. We can fail fast, pick ourselves up, learn from the experience, try not to do it again, try to help others not fail in the same way that's, that we just did. Um, but it's it's common. This is how a lot of us are, are learning. We A lot of the stuff we've not done before, like moving into management, that's a, a challenging thing to do and we, we learn from a lot of our mistakes. So it's okay to fail and it's not expected that we're perfect in our roles either. Mm-hmm. One of the good things I found working at Agoda is because you're coming in as a product designer and, and you're working with stakeholders across of, you know, with, with product, with IT, with research, with business analytics, the data team, with legal team, you get a lot of exposure to to different teams and sort of their background. And you get to sort of get a lot of great learnings to really grow your career and become a much stronger designer and understanding the entire business product cycle versus just coming in and focusing on like outputting good visual design. So I think when you come into a go to the, the good part is you get a lot of exposure to learn these things. And I think it drives a lot of value in your career growth as well. One of the things that I think you guys are the best to answer this question. How do we structure the team? We currently have five, five teams. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the team at a high level is sort of split between like two big parts of our, our scope. So there's they're sort of our our consumer side of our, our, our product. And then the second part is sort of our supply side of the product. And within both of these spaces, the teams are sort of broken down into two smaller squads that have uh, multiple designers, uh, multiple PMs, uh, engineers, uh, researchers, and also sort of different supporting functions from like uh, whether it's legal or our business analytic partners, depending on sort of you know the, the scope of that specific product. Yeah, and then just to expand on that, Um, Each team offers really interesting challenges too, which I think is really cool. So as a designer, maybe you want to come in and you're hired in one particular team and that's great. You learn and you become a subject matter expert in that area, but you also have the opportunity to learn very different ways of designing and learning how to design for the product. So for example, design systems is my team. It's very technical. We're in this crazy phase where we're uh, now have like a centralized design system and we're, we're learning tons then we think about the like new funnels team, which is really interesting because we don't have a lot of data on that stuff before. So we're doing a lot of research. We're trying to do a lot, a lot of benchmarking. It's a lot on the designer to drive the best user experience and, and leverage the best practices. Um, the core team, which is hotel, is really interesting because it has all the data. It's really optimized. We've done you know tons and tons of experiments there. And so we have really interesting opportunities to dive deep into the data and inform your designs using that data. On the enterprise side, it's broken up into two teams. We have the supply side, which is really interesting because this is the way that our hotels upload their properties. And so that means that they're our customer. It's really challenging too, because there's a lot of opportunities for improvement. And on the <laughs> and on the consumer excellence group or CEG, which is much easier, um, there's a lot of really interesting, challenging spaces for building better tools and products for our agents who are 
you know, assisting customers who are calling in and wanting to amend their bookings and things like that. So a lot of different areas of learning and really challenging spaces in all of them that offer um, unique abilities to grow your your career and and yeah, I would say one of the great things across these these different teams is designers have a, a wide variety of, of different working models. There's designers that are working to sort of optimize the existing product. There's designers that are sort of building out a vision for, for long term. There's designers that are working on like milestone projects. So I think there's a, a wide range of sort of projects that get to work on and sort of drive their careers forward. As we mentioned earlier, an interview is a two-way street, right? We are interviewing them and candidates are also interviewing um, whether there's a, a match. And so what are some of the things that we look for in a candidate? Yeah, so I think one of the biggest things we look for when we interview a candidate is sharing your narrative and sharing your story. We're really looking to understand not just your experience and skills, but really sort of you know, your, your process and how you came to those decisions when you delivered your designs. We really want to understand, you know, not just the craft, but how you came to that informative decision on how that craft was delivered. You know, what was that process of working with different people across the team, rather it was product managers, engineers, research. We want to learn that process of getting from the initiation stage to the final stage. And I think it's also important to craft the narrative to the audience as well. So, if you were to take, you know, your website and show us your website, you know, it might tell a case study, but if you were able to craft that narrative specifically for the role that you're looking for here and tell us a, a more engaging story about those things that Devin's, Devin was just addressing, it's really engaging. And I think it also goes to show that you've put a lot of effort into this interview process and you're dedicated to representing your skill sets to us. Yeah. And the other part we want to learn is, you know, because Agoda is a, an environment where you're going to be collaborating with designers, with product managers and with engineers, specifically around like how you drove collaboration and you communicated with your stakeholders across the team. Often when you're working on a product, you know, there's uh, a lot of trade offs that you have to make. And there's a lot of difficult decisions you make when you're outputting product. And I think uh, it's important that you, you share that story because it helps us understand that if you were to come to Agoda, how would you manage those difficult conversations and, and sort of those relationships you have? Another really interesting thing that I like to hear from candidates is how they might have done something differently going through a process. We all make mistakes and hindsight's twenty twenty. So if you go through a project and you represent your, you know, your wins and your successes, that's awesome. It's also nice to say, okay, if I would have had more time or if I would have actually invested more in this area, I could have I could have had a better product or we'd like to go back and look at this more. So I think that's also really interesting. It shows that, you know, we're all human. That's okay. Um, how do we improve and iterate on the product? Bree, you mentioned a little bit earlier about growth mindset, right? And why it's really important in our team. In our previous conversation, went to great distances and actually claimed that growth mindset is more important at times than craft, right? Why do you think this is the case? I think there's, when we hire people like associate designers, they may not have any real world experience yet. They may not have worked in an environment that is like ours and working with product managers, managing relationships, working with developers, handing off our products in that way. And and their craft, yes, they have that foundation, but they haven't necessarily put it to, to practice yet. So they don't have anything to show in their portfolio. But if they have a very strong growth mindset, they can learn this stuff while we while on the job. We have design systems to really help our designers design better 
and be able to think about the more challenging things like what does the user want? What's our rationale behind the designs versus having to have perfect craft all the time? And and that's that should be, um, I think that growth mindset is something that we need to carry through, not even just an associate, but throughout our whole entire career to drive us forward. Um, craft is a lot of the way we work at Agoda has to be learned, no matter if you're the best designer in the entire world and you have all of the experience, you still need to, you need to know how to work with us. You need to know how to work with our process, with our PMs, with our developers, how to build relationships internally as well. It, like it's all, all of that is a lot easier if you're self-driven and you're motivated to learn and grow yourself. And it becomes a lot easier to produce a great product if you have that as your as your primary kind of skill sets. And craft is one of those things you're going to have to learn. Yeah, I would say you know craft is is, is one of those things that is is sort of a necessity for 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 good designers. I think you need to have that that foundational uh, element of of designing uh, you know good designs. But I think uh, when you when you're thinking of a product organization, the why is very important. Like why are you why are you specifically designing that output? How does that design actually impact both the user as well as the business? And I think being able to articulate uh, that in your conversations with your stakeholders is a critical part of being successful in the role, the role and growing continuously at Agoda. So I think, you know, when you are showcasing your, your case study during interviews, you know, really sort of focusing on the why and sort of what impact you drove with your users as well as the business is important to share uh, in that process as well. And we also have examples of team members who have come from other cross-functional teams that are not design, that were so driven in their career, they knew they wanted to to become UX designers. They took a lot of courses offline. They were self-driven, self-taught. And then they came in with the growth mindset and sold themselves. I can learn this stuff. And now they're very successful designers within the team. So I don't think that Yes, craft is super important. It is that foundation that we always have to have and we, we need to continue to learn it one way or the other, whether we're doing it self-driven or whether we're doing it um, prior to getting a job at Agoda or wherever job design we, we, we get. But um, that growth mindset is what really pushes our career forward. One of the strong qualities that I do see in our design team is the diversity, as we mentioned earlier. Was this something that was intentionally kind of curated for or because of where we are uh it's just how the team came about it's a melting pot (laughs) yeah i would say it wasn't like intentional like it wasn't like we had a kpi from like uh the people team that we needed to go hire x amount of nationalities but i think you know being in southeast asia and just you know having the opportunities to to really hire a a global workforce uh, was sort of in our favor and i think you know building out a product that is from multiple different countries uh, works in our favor because we have people with that experience and that background uh, from from different regions. Also, our team is really diverse. We have 24, 25 different nationalities in the design organization. Uh, we have very, um, even my team, my, my team has 10 different nationalities on my team right now. <laughs> it's just my team. We have, I think it's something that is one of our, our biggest selling points. It also means that you have to craft, you have to invest in the way that you communicate as well. It's not just the way that you communicate with um, the people that you're used to communicating with. I think one of the biggest learnings for me coming over to work at Agoda is I'd never been exposed to so much diversity and culture. So the way I communicated previously in my in my old work was it's very Western, it's very straightforward, it's very, you know, you just get into this way of communicating with the people that you're working with. And when I came to 
Thailand working for Agoda, we have such a diverse team in so many different backgrounds, so many different cultures, different perspectives, different ways of, of going to school and learning. And, and all of these things really impact the way that you communicate with each other. And you have to go out of your way to make sure that you address address people in a way that makes them feel heard, that makes them feel supported. Like, I remember when I first started coming over here, very open, very communicative, and it would just be crickets on the team. Like, nobody would respond. So I had to figure out how to engage everyone on the team uh, when everyone feels comfortable speaking in front of, team, in front of large groups. Um, not everyone has the same kind of communication style. Um, in fact, it's rude at times if you speak out of turn in some cultures. So you you want to you need to make sure that you're adopting your communication style to support everybody on the team. You know, having diversity on a team is is one of the strongest perks we have, but it it definitely came with you know a lot of challenges initially. Um, you know, I think when you sort of think of Western markets and sort of Eastern markets, one of the biggest sort of differences was we, we found that. Uh, generally in Southeast Asia, we found people that had experience working with companies that were very hierarchy based. So often when they would join Agoda, they would sort of just wait for their manager to tell them what to do. Where our culture was more about you sort of own a specific product and you sort of drive that with your product manager. So it was a big investment on our part to really make them feel like they're safe in this space and they had a voice and they were able to drive that product with their managers. Um, so I think uh, now that we're four or five years into this team, and we built that strong culture. We really see a lot of young designers that are coming in, even though culturally outside of the office, they may have a very hierarchy-based environment. They do feel safe in this environment to sort of you know, carry their voice forward. As part of the design leadership team, we have had to go through the pandemic in terms of uh, working from home. And now we're coming back to the hybrid model where we work two days a week at the office. What was it like for you to kind of see the changes of people coming back to the office as well as having people work remotely? Yeah, I think it's been great being back in the office uh, two days a week. Uh, you know, when I walk past meeting rooms or just walk past, you know, designers working in the hallways and whiteboarding, uh, you know, different sort of solutions and things like that. I think the energy that you get face to face is probably not matchable being working remotely 100%. Uh, I think it really helps us be more efficient and, and build sort of uh, a culture of uh, inclusivity and also driving uh, more of a social engagement within the members on the team. Yeah, for me, I think that it was really hard to manage COVID and being in a pandemic, working from home. Everybody had to manage a lot of change. Everybody was worried about getting sick. You're not leaving your apartment. I feel like when it comes to the change of work from home, people lost touch of the culture a culture that we really tried hard to build. It was really hard for people to onboard remotely uh, where they didn't get access to the culture. They weren't able to see the cross-functional teams. They weren't able to um, build those relationships as easily. And it was challenging for a lot of those people um, onboarding, you know, remotely. You just don't get the same kind of contact that, and like, you know, you don't, you don't have exposure to the same kind of culture that we're trying to build. So, now that we're back in the office two times a week, which I think is a great mo model because we're still able to do a lot of the operational stuff we need to do at home. But now we have the ability to have elevator conversations and we get to have lunches together and it's a lot more social. We have coffee conversations and, you know, a, a casual beer after work here and there. <laughs> it's a lot more fun. And I feel like 
there's a lot more engagement and there's been a lot of positive feedback from the team around how they they weren't sure they weren't sure about being back in the office if they would like it or not for those who had never been in the office now they find that it's a lot more engaging and they feel a lot more connected to their team members and a lot more productive actually no, I think I agree with Bree. I think uh, it's not necessarily something that's necessary for your day-to-day job, but I think you know one of Agoda's founding principles is uh, is moving fast, and, and we you know when you're moving fast, often uh, you know things get lost in, in sort of the the shadows at times. So I think by you know having designers work more closely uh, in the office and, and sort of collaborate with cross-functional teams, sometimes it gives us opportunities to identify areas where potentially we could work together and make our product better and get product managers to potentially get together and sort of collaborate as well. And it doesn't happen. It just happens organically. It's not like you have to, oh, I'm going to set a meeting to know exactly what Mm -hmm. every team is going to be doing. What you're doing is engaging with people on the elevator and talking about what they're doing on their day-to-day basis or, you know, what kind of challenges they're facing or having lunch and saying hey to teammates and and then it just happens organically, and that's been really helpful. And I've missed that a lot because I've lost complete context of what other cross-functional teams are doing and what the cool stuff they're contributing to. And yeah, so it's been kind of in the dark for the last two years. Yeah, I think so these sad. these these conversations are important as well. Um, you know, when we're collaborating with with different teams across the org, because sometimes you know product is working on individual products and they have very different KPIs where designers are thinking of the user and the whole user experience, and they sort of bring it all together uh, to sort of create that vision for, for long-term as well. All right, I think that wraps up the episode for today. Thank you, Devin and Bree, for joining the show. Yeah, thank you so much, Yuki, for facilitating this. If you want to uh, learn more about Agoda Design Team, you can visit uh, agoda.design. And if you want to learn more about open roles, you can visit uh, careers at agoda.com. Thanks so much for facilitating this. This is really fun. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you are listening and share it with your friends and colleagues. Don't forget to subscribe to our show to get notified when we are releasing a new episode. And if you want to learn more about the work of the design team at Agoda, visit agoda.design. Thanks again for listening and hope to see you in our next episode.